Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host for today, Rich Polly, and joining me uh, is, I can't think of a funny thing to say this week, it's Ben Hibbert. <laughs> your lips still rising at the edge, you sounded like you were trying not to smile then. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> How's it going, UK? Yeah, I'm not dead yet. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, everyone. <laughs> So that I, did try my best. I did try my best, best through my teen years, but, you know. Um, also joining us today is uh, producer Tim. Hello there. I was going to say that was a very Liam thing to say. <laughs> Make still it up alive. for you for not being there. Also, I'm sorry Liam's still alive as well. I'm not. I'm happy he's around. He, he, Although some of the pictures I've seen from Belgium, which we'll get to in a minute, I'm I am sure surprised. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, um, yeah. Liam did that thing where he forgot that he's allowed to stop drinking um, when alcohol is available for sale. So, um, yeah. Uh, well, well, we'll get on to that in a little bit. Liam's not joined us because he stepped outside to, sp- to speak to a man about a dog, apparently. So he might um, he might be turning up at some point. Um, who knows? We we'll hope that he will. Um, so we can if have he a. Comes without a dog now. I'm going to be thoroughly disappointed. <laughs> He's going to come with a have a bit of a chat with us about. Um, the uh etc so basically our main topic of conversation uh this week is the etc which is the um european team championships so this is the thing that turned into the xtc in person so originally the etc is a big warhammer 40k kind of team tournament won by poland this year well done poland won by poland most years from what i can understand because uh, the they take it event. really seriously the 40k event yeah okay. was won by poland this year um what what by most years um it's full of all sorts of drama and excitement um but we're not going to focus on that um we're going to focus on the x-wing stuff so this is the first year since uh i think just before covid that there's actually been an in-person one um so um the x-wing team championship split away from etc and then it went online um and now because people from across um kind of the globe want to take part in the xtc it's staying online so this etc is restarting as a european team championship um and it's back in with the uh the warhammer 40k event as a as, as a place for it to be and to, um from all the pictures and everything that i can see it's in an enormous venue that appears to have been sectioned off so they're using about half of it um so there's a lot of space for um, everything to grow. So, well, you know. like a, so an air raid shelter or something. Yeah. So, so what 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 it is is basically it's a large convention hall, uh, like um, like like you'd have for like you know NEC and stuff like. That. Obviously, it's not a, it's a very different setup. It is just one big large space. But chatting mm-hmm. chatting to uh, Tom Adriani, who's one of the main organisers, uh, you know they've got like like Belgian Crufts has happened like two weeks ago. Uh, they've got an equestrian event happening in a week or two, you know, where they basically will have dressage and, you know, show jumping and stuff going on inside. And it's just a big space. And there was actually more of it being used than it looks. So about halfway, so you've got all the gaming tables in the front half. Um, bear in mind there's like, I don't know, the 40k event, which was about three quarters of the space, must have been about three to 400 people. Um, so the X Wing was a very small part part of that, but then you had this um, that like bar and there were like sh- uh, sort of shop and table areas. The other side of that was loads of seating and loads of benches, so there was more there. Um, mm-hmm. There's loads of space for people to go and sit and have food and just chill out and, and bits of bobs. So yeah, it's great great space and yeah lo- yeah beer, beer was good and they actually ran their own shop, so it's not like the expo where we go to 
the NEC and they charge us £10 for a bottle of water and stuff like that. It was actually mm. like... A pound for an ice cream. Well, it, yeah, it was It was one, <laughs> one euro fifty for a coffee um, and it was like, I think, 2 50 for a beer, 3 50 for a beer. Um, so which, which is, Liam was so bad. Um, so reasonable, but um, what I will say is they have got a contract with the venue to be running that for three years. So the next nice. two next two years are going to be there as well. Um, and um, Mechelen, which is the town it was in, is very nice. There's lots of great places to eat and drink. Uh, the cobbles around the roads are a bit of a nightmare because um, a bit uneven. And Paul Pond was in his wheelchair, so uh, he was just uh, yeah, just getting you know. The old bone shaker being pushed around, um, but no, it's um, like it's quite easy to get to. And um, so, what I would say is, although it's the ETC, it it was called, I think, um, Battle for Malinus. Um, yeah. And so, although it's a European Team Championship, it's not uh, nation locked. So, where we would had the ETC previously, where X Wingers played. Uh, and what was the 40k ATC, which is now the 40k uh, WTC, so European Team Championship, the World Team Championship, uh, for this event, uh, anybody could enter. So anybody could bring a team of five. So, for example, England had two teams, France had, uh, sorry, England had three, uh, three teams, uh, France had three teams, the Dutch had two. Um, uh, yeah. I think you're you're incorrect there, Tim. England had two teams and Yorkshire had a team. Well, no, see, the way that worked is Eng- England selected three teams and then one team decided to secede. And, to be team, uh, yeah, team Yorkshire. Yeah, and rename themselves. And that's fine. But... Fair enough. So, yeah, there were, um, there were teams from... So there were 12 teams. There were teams from Switzerland, England, France, Germany, uh, the Netherlands, and Spain. Um, and Scotland. Yeah, and Scotland. Um, so, uh, I, I mean, we we'll we'll deal with the elephant in the room first of all. We'll say congratulations to drum roll, please, the Tartan Tuscans. Uh, so Scotland uh, or the Scottish team called the Tartan Tuscans because they weren't Team Scotland uh, one. Uh, so team of uh, Rory Wilson, Paul Warrington, Chris Bobby. Um, Jonathan McKinstry and somebody whose name on Longshanks is So or something. Um, I have a vague notion that I played against him and that he listens to the podcast and I've played against him in the past. I'm just trying to find out what his actual name is um, and see if I can remember it um, or if I can find it um, very, very quickly. But yeah, they um, well done to the guys. Um, so like we've known for a long time that the... Uh, the Scottish lads are very, very good at X-Wing. Um, they're very, very good at um, at Team X-Wing as well. Uh, so um, previous years of the XTC, they've always been a, a team that you had to look at um, and keep an eye on. Um, and it was nice to see that Ed Holmes, um, well-known Scotsman with a Scouse accent, um, squeezed himself back into his blue jersey with Tartan Tuscans from the time that he lived up there and hung around, claimed he was the coach and then basked in reflected glory. So Did he actually uh, play? No, no, he was there. Oh, he was their non-playing well, coach. He, he strolled around drinking gin and tonics, from what I can gather. Um, we're pretty but, lucky that Ed and Dave didn't play, weren't they? Really? Yeah, because <laughs> Ed, Ed and Dave can can see the game for about the first three rounds of any given day, and then after that, the kind of blurry vision sets in. So, um, both excellent yeah. people to spend time with after events. That yes, 
it's fantastic people um <laughs> other fantastic people in general um just you know they, they they will be drunk when you see them at x-wing events because you know that's what they go to x-wing events for um so yeah it looks like a really nice setup like the guys have put a whole bunch of um they've put a whole bunch of like effort into kind of the uh, like wall splashes with all of the partners it's good to see kind of x-wing suppliers are, are being you know branded the same as the uh the other kind of people who've provided prize support so a lot of the prize support was from louis uh leong yeah so his little his little logo was up there next to the Paul creative one where they've got some of the acrylic stuff from um good to see that um they gave the judges um judge shirts as well so that it was obvious who the judges were walking around the place because they had like black and white striped things with you know wtc and then whatever the game was that you were the judge for so it was always going to be obvious um who any given in any given event space where a judge was and that's kind of thing so it looks looks like um, a really it's, well, it's massive <laughs> yeah um I i've just scrolled all the way up and i can't find um what um tick tick toes um real name is so he's just gonna have to go by his jolly pirate nickname because i've given up being bothered to try and find it um he's so yeah barry. he's called what barry he's definitely not because i'm pretty I think sure he's he definitely Spanish. is he's, fine. <laughs> he's, he's barry now um so um yeah so well done to them we're gonna have a little bit of a run through their lists as teams as well um but before we we do that um just to shout out um second place was team france one uh, team, team the, the teams from France had very interesting names. They had Team France 1, France 2, and France 3. Um, Amsterdam, on the other hand, had Amsterdam A and Amsterdam 1, so that there was no um, differentiation. Um, team Tom, a.k.a. Team Yorkshire, um, had, uh, yeah. That, and then there was England Lions and England Rose, or maybe Rose, I'm not sure which. Um yeah, it probably should Which have been it, Ro- Ro- it probably should have been roses, but it, it went as rose, so it doesn't really matter. But um, I, I thought yeah. it was rose because you kind of had a bit of a weak finish and you didn't go either hey. one way or the other. <laughs> it um, was uh, it was quite interesting because France too were leading the event for the sort of the first day um, until we beat them, which I think handed the initiative to Scotland, uh, and then I think Amsterdam A, which was sort of got listed as the second Amsterdam team. I think did they finish above Amsterdam one? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then... So France one beat France two and three. Um, England Roses beat England Lions, but were beaten by Team Yorkshire. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting, interesting to see, and great to see the Spanish lads over as well because they often they don't tend to play online and they don't tend to turn up to events, but when they do, they do well. Um, they came third in the team event. Um, so based on um, total team wins. Um, interestingly, Team Scotland went 8-1 and one over the course of the day. Sorry, 8-1-1. Eight, one, one. So eight wins, one win, one draw. Um, they drew with Spain, who came third with six wins and three draws. Um, and then Team France won, uh, came second with six wins and four losses because losses didn't matter it was down to team wins then individual wins um and they had they won by more when they won so i think so there's a slight bit of miscommunication as well because in the rules pack it was uh i think it basically said that basically basically there's only wins there shouldn't be draws um so what should have happened is um draws should have been split um, but yeah. it, um, I think PFO said just play another round, um, but obviously that didn't happen at the weekend. So uh, actually, in the final standings, draws count as losses. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah. So um, Scotland did really well, didn't they? Actually, looking at yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so because there was twelve, it was supposed to be a round robin tournament, but because there was twelve teams, there wasn't enough time to play eleven rounds. So they played five in the two days. Um, so basically, they it was round robin until the last round where they played, a tr- and then they realised that the way that it had been drawn it was impossible to arrange it so that everybody played somebody they hadn't already played. So some teams did play each other twice. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, like the, was... the 10th round was just like, a, well, it's all been good to this point, all playing different people, but now you're just going to play against somebody else. Um, and it might be a team you've already played against. So Yeah, um, so what, what it, we had is we had Swiss on day one and then random for four rounds. And then there was a captain's meeting and the three choices were we either do straight Swiss but that would lead to well, so I think uh, Toby had Toby had paired a random round that only had one duplication, but he didn't tell them who that was because obviously keep it impartial. Then mm-hmm. the other option was to do a straight Swiss, but that would potentially lead to some duplications. But as it's final standings, that could be a fair way of you know determining for standings. Or we just did a completely random, which could kick up duplications. And the captains voted to basically do a completely random round for the last round. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I think well, yeah, the, the the way round it would have been like I mean, I think it was pointed out too late would have been to do a complete round robin, but for that to work, you would have had to have had the round robin scheduled from the start, and because yeah. we did Swiss for the first day, we then couldn't do a round robin from that point. Yeah. Um, well, we probably could have, but it was a lot of work. And then once it had gone random, you then definitely couldn't do it. Would you, uh, uh, would you have had enough time to fit all them games in? Not, no. not to do eleven <laughs> rounds. So, like, I mean, it was brutal timing. I mean, I think I managed one or two Facebook posts, maybe one a day, um, purely because uh, you know my, my list tends to go to time anyway. Um, but like, th- we were given an hour and a half per, per round, which included the hour and fifteen minute playing time plus setup, plus finishing off once time is called, plus pairings, plus, you know, potentially moving rows. Like, Toby and Liam did a cracking job to keep like give us as much time as they could whilst keeping us on track. Um, but unfortunately, the timings that were provided were for, like, a singles event, and it just wasn't realistic. Um, so, personally, I think you have to do it over three days, and you do, like, say, 3-4-3 three, three, or 4-4-3. Four, four, three or four 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 whatever you want to do but you basically yeah you pretty end up having to run uh an extra day but reduce the number of rounds or you have perhaps a pool stage on day one and then you, you then perhaps i don't know have two the two teams from each pool or saying progress to like a knockout stage on on day two if you want to do it over two days but they're definitely, i suppose yeah. if, it, if it gets bigger you have to just come away from round robin entirely though um well it's, it's not it's not really a concept like if it if it gets bigger and you get more teams there in future years then you know it essentially becomes a swiss tournament but as a team tournament so the, um, the way 40k does it they actually do it in pools to start with um so you know what team because that's the other thing as well um because we didn't know who we were playing when and what scenarios are when we did like these pairing matrices which you often do for team event but then because they then said all right you're playing this team at a scenario that might change your matrix whereas if we had a pool and you knew you were playing what teams and when and maybe what scenarios you can actually perhaps refine that a bit more and that would have sped up the day a little bit as well Mm -hmm. um so there's definitely room for improvement um 
like a 40k they only play two games a day because they, the games are like three and a half four hours you know in 40k uh team events uh, that you know is quite long um yeah. so they now just do two games a day they pay for three and a half days so they do one game that, well they do one game that starts at like 5 p.m on the first day so people can still travel to to the town or the you know the destination if they want so if if you lived in france you probably wouldn't take the extra day off and you, you would travel up on on the morning um, yeah. so you play the one game on the on the first evening then it's two games a day there on um, and that's actually quite reasonable um i remember when i did 40k etc it was like th- it was three games a day yeah i mean like it's just i chalk it up on another list of reasons why i would never want to play in a 40k event no, no, but that's horse. <laughs> yeah, but it, that's what. That's hideous. Yeah, but it's horses for courses. Some people enjoy that, and some people really enjoy forty yeah. k. And that's and I I used to, um, and I was, and then yeah. you got better, Tim, and then you got better. I you went saw, saw the lights. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 right, no we're, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about um the lists, and we'll start off with the guys um who went kind of 10 and 0 over the course of the day because there were there were only three of them um so caveat on this is that it is a team event so these people will have been paired into other lists other matchups other things for different scenarios um and a valid strategy um as uh, tim and i have both captained um countries and teams at events at team events a valid strategy is to pick two of your players every round and say we're going to protect them in matchups we're going to give them optimal matchups so that we can maximize their chance of winning and then we're going to hope that one of the other three grabs one um normally that person would change event to event but uh, sorry round to round but sometimes captains would protect a given player i don't know if that's happened in this instance um and certainly one of the names that went 10 and 0 I suspect he's just backed himself to win all 10 games and he's done it. Um, so the first one is um, Altskerda. It's um, a jolly internet nickname for one of the Spanish team. Um, uh, Flying uh, Rebels. Yeah, Danny. Danny, okay. Sure Danny. Cheers. Um, <laughs> so he was flying um, Han, uh, Luke, and then A-Wings, Wedge and Keel, and then Sabine. Um, so he had Keel with concussion missiles and lone wolf, so no Duke. Um, and he had wedge with elusive and marksmanship. So you know it, th- that's the that's the decision points that have been made there. Because um, you know Sabine's oh Sabine had Beskar rather than Lone Wolf because Lone Wolf was on Keo, so um, took that choice away as well. But yeah, he had the the chopper perceptive Bistan engine Han um, rather than the trick shot Han. So uh, so yeah, good list is good. Yeah, I, good. I I played him. So I played him round two. And yeah. yeah, very close game. Basically, last engagement, I was winning by a point. And then, um, yeah, Han did Han things and Contrail didn't roll evades. <laughs> and I went from in two or three shots, I went from winning to drawing to losing. Uh, oh, so, I remember you posting that in the group chat. Yeah, it was chance engagement. So it was really frustrating because it was just like... Um, I mean, I, I made two mistakes during the game. And one was at that point where I, I could have save the focus token and use it protect control but you think three agility you know they're gonna roll at least one evade there surely i think i even had re-rolls from dedicated but it you know it was it was a very close uh well fought game and you know this is it like uh you know he's won 10 games there so yeah. I mean, I'm just looking down his pairings, and I don't know the the detail of the lists. I could look at them at, later, but he's had a, a smattering of factions. He's had a lot of rebel mirrors. He's had uh, one, two, three, 
that's not a lot. Three, but three Rebel Mirrors out of ten games isn't. <laughs> it is. It's it's a reasonable big uh, thing. Well, he's uh, then had a bunch of Republic. He's had three Republics. Mike, um, yeah, Michael wasn't a Mirror because he had a very different Repub- a Rebel list. Yeah, sorry, not not a mirror, but he flew into yeah. some sort of rebel thing. So he had a, a game against Dan Athey, who I suspect was flying his double Falcon thing. Um, so you know he's not he's not flown into a, a mirror in inverted commas, but yeah. he's, um, he's you know he's had a good a good spread. He's had a lot of very close games. Like there's a lot of games here that are like a few points in it, like a handful of points in it. You know, like his game against Dan was one point. His game against you was two points. His first round game was only five. Um, on scramble, which you know, the kind of thing that a suddenly dead hand would flip. But um, yeah, anyway, good list, interesting. Um, so the, was the most wins in the day. Uh, well, he got there were three three players got ten, um, okay. so he was one of them. Uh, the next one to get ten was um, the Spanish school of Scotland. So he was flying uh, First Order, I'm yep. going to say. Yep, First Order. Um, and he had, he says, uh, clicking on the link that we got before. Um, oh, here's his name here. It's Ertzi Ursulai, which is, there you go. Um, so Ertzi, um, Midnight Malarus Lehue's Blackout and Whisper Kylo. Um, so yeah, good First Order list. Really, really it's, strong first order list. It, it's it's a fairly you know, you your midnight, your Malarus, and your Kylo are fairly standard, but it's the Lahoos and the Blackout which are a bit different. So he had barrage rockets on Lahoos, and yeah. then oh. bl- Blackout. I think so. He got Trickshot Advance Optics, which I think was fine. I'm pretty sure because he's got Biohexacrypt codes in his list. I think that that was an error, and he did ask to swap it to something else. I'm not sure. Sensor scramblers. Was it? Yeah. Sensor scramblers makes real sense because I remember that. I remember seeing the biohexacrypt codes and was thinking that was a very bold choice because there's nobody to well, he, he can't, doesn't he can't, have he can't, yeah. there's nobody to coordinate him yeah he, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> but um no. yeah I think that's fine but no I mean like um like if you looked at most of the other fo lists they did not have a silencer so he's obviously done yeah done well with that yeah so trick shot advanced optics and i assume sensor scramblers um although he may have taken oh no he didn't i think i think no zero. I th- so i think there was a couple of people that then also said oh can i swap a card and i think the vote the so the way a lot of these team events work is the captains will have a vote and yeah. i think they decide that no um because of the changes that people were asking they said everybody had to stay the same so i suspect yeah. i doubt sensor scramblers it obviously didn't bother him because he went 10 0 so so anyway, well done to Ertzi um, for his ten and zero, and then the last one is uh, Fan Langalan. Um, so that's the person who I suspected was backing himself to just win whatever <laughs> matchup he got put into. Um, he was uh, also flying First Order. He was also flying Whisper Kylo with Quickdraw, Whirlwind, Malarus, and Scorch. So that cluster missiles at I six thing with Swarm Tactics on uh, Quickdraw. Um, so he's upping Whirlwind to six so that Whirlwind gets all of those focuses um, and then has a lock plus a whole bunch of optics and stuff and it just hits like a truck out the front. Um, if you end up in the front arc of that thing, it is ruinous. Um, so, yeah. Uh, 
I'm not surprised that any of those lists went 10 and 0 in a team tournament, to be honest with you. It does not surprise me at all. Um, I'm going to just mention as well Jonathan McKinstry for Tartan Tuscans, who went 9 and 1. So he, he did do uh, really well with uh, Imperials. Um, a bit of a guessing game about what he did well with on Imperials. You won't be surprised. Bombers and Vader. Yep. Um, two bombers are just the one. There's a couple of interesting little, little bits in it again, which is from, yeah. from you, you wouldn't expect from your standard list, but yeah, yeah. So he's he's taken saturation self on barrage rockets. Um, he's got a standard loadout. No, sorry, he's got Battle of Yavin Vader. Um, so he's got yeah. the marksman shift afterburners eight version. Um, apparently there's a discussion about whether the one with ion missiles is actually better because of the action economy, um, but also has the extra health or something. Um, I don't know, but doesn't have pattern analyzer. So I don't know. It's all a bit weird. Um, but he's got Jonas, Tomax and Reimer. Um, they've all got salvo and barrow rockets. Um, then he's got concussion bombs on major Reimer. Um, and he's got BT1. Mm. On Jonas instead of um, instead of bombs, so instead of sticking seismics or whatever it was that people slipped in um, on that one, he's got BT one. Who's when you perform an attack, you may change a hit to a crit for each stress that the defender has. Um, so yeah, I mean, heavy rebel meta often stressed things like a wings like being stressed. Um, adds an extra bit of spice to those saturation salvo barrage rockets, I guess. Uh, so a nice little, nice little tweak there. Um, the fifth lit ship in the list, by the way, is Vizier in a Reaper with Emperor Palpatine on board. So they're all just cruising around with a bit of force sitting behind them as well. So very nicely done. Very nicely done. Yeah. What, what do you think of that BT-1 edition then, Tim? I think it's good. Like so, you're basically uh, swapping a bomblet generator for BT1. Um, so I guess Jonas is probably the bomber that you're most likely going to try and shoot first because it obviously gives that ability to the other bombers of being able to re-roll their attack dice. So if Jonas is going to die first, he's less likely to be dropping bombs to make his offense better, uh, and that seems yeah quite sensible. And then when you've got stuff like salvage. Uh, where crits are useful for knocking crates off, but also you've got those three bombers. If they, because they fly around as like a sort of upside down triangle sort of thing, um, you're most likely going to have like them all shooting at the same target. So the first two can shoot and they will strip shields and do some damage, and then he can fire his barrage rockets and probably doing three crits, certainly one or two crits. Yeah, it's so, fairly rude. Like it's good though. I like it. It will catch um, people out as well because people won't. They'll forget about BT one, and they'll still be stressing themselves or so their linked actions or their red focus when they bump, and they'll completely forget about BT one, and then suddenly the crits get rolled up. Yeah. Okay, so we've been down in terms of what did best in each of the factions. We've been through Rebel, First Order, Imperials, the top finishing Republic list was Benjamin Ponroy from France 2. Um, and it's not opened in Yasby properly, so let me just get I'll, it in it, long chance. I've got it if you want. Uh, yeah, I've got it. It's, um, so it's Siege of Coruscant, Oddball, Wolf, 
Then Mace Windu in the 7B Aether Sprite uh, for five points with heightened perception in R4P17. It's a fairly standard Mace Windu loadout. Uh, click in a Nimbus with R3, um, slider and boost. So the 22.Z95. So a six ship um, Republic list. Interesting to see Mace Windu in there as a five pointer. Um, I think it's, looks like it's, a, it's the 7B version as well. Yeah. So it's a two two agility. I mean, I think you you have to fly that very well. It does yeah. seem. I mean, yeah. yeah. If you shoot at Mace, he's got six health, um, but only two greens. But if you're shooting at Mace, who's protected by Click, then um, Oddball and Wolf will be doing mean things to you. Um, that said, Click might well be locking the two arcs here while Mace yeah. goes on a flank. I mean, I suppose Mace so. has three force because you'd probably want to do the purple evade if you think Mace is going to get shot, don't you? But yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, yeah, he's yeah, he's he's yeah. I th- I feel like he's done well to to obviously yeah. get into, but but this is it. Like, I mean, I'd be interested to see what kind of lists lists he actually played against. Uh, we can have a look. Mm. The joy of Longshanks. Uh, so we played against, uh, actually, no, it's really hard to look because you've got to click through like tons of stuff. No, no, so I've, cl- um, I've clicked on games. So he played one scum, he's played two, three FO, two resistance, and three rebel and an imperial. So fairly mixed bag, to be honest. Yeah, bit of a mix up, bit of a mixed bag. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Cool. Um, so the next uh, top player, uh, I've just clicked on something and lost it. Uh, we'll talk about resistance. It's Tom Reed. Um, so Tom, we know as a decent player, um, he went eight and two, um, and he used uh, Poe Dameron in a Falcon with Kaz in a Fireball, Nienum and Eloasti. So the two I five T seventies with uh, a whole bunch of upgrades on them. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a solid list. Um, I'm not sure Tom would fly this now, given the chance to change his list, but the lists for this event were locked in about six weeks before the event actually happened. So I think a lot of the players, when they turned up at the event, were kind of going, oh, I've got to fly that thing I was flying a month and a half ago, and I don't want to fly it anymore. Um, I certainly know Mike Upton was in that headspace when he when he got to the event. So, um, But yeah, um, so well done, Tom. Uh, we know he's a good player, so... Because you know he beats us on a regular basis. Um, now we've been through rebels, first order, imperial, republic, resistance. So we'll need to find scum and separatists. So let's have a look. So the top finishing separatist was oh the top finishing scum was from Team Switzerland was Michael Kretz. Um, I think he was one of two people that played scum at the weekend. Three. Three, one of three. Um, so yeah, so Michael flew uh, Dirge in a rogue class, Maul in a gauntlet, uh, Lee Mackay in a Y wing, Arliss Hadrassian in a Y wing, and Bosk in a Z ninety five. What was so, the second Y wing? Uh, Arliss Hadrassian. Oh yeah, and anyway, what does he do? <laughs> um, he does a thing where he can what? opt yeah. into having free mods on his dice. Um, but why, at what, a cost. Yeah, why perform a front arc attack if you are damaged before the modified uh, dice step? You may change one of your eyeball results to a crit result. 
Uh, the wide defend, if you are damaged, you must change one of your eyeball results to a blank. Okay, so... Yeah, there's a cost. Uh, you, you basically have a 3 and 8 chance of rolling paint when you're defending once you're damaged, but you punch harder when you're damaged on the way out. So, yeah, so with cluster missiles, that'll be good. Yeah, so he, he gets a soft mod on his uh, on his things. So, yeah, it's a it's a I decent list. Yeah, Liam is good with um, the double mod if you don't point at me. Um, and then, yeah, and the, the, the fact that she's only three points, so you're not really that bothered if you do turn in on her. Yeah, so you've got the gauntlet with Maul acting as like a, an anvil, really hard to take down with hate. Um, Lando crew giving rerolls, um, BT1 gunner giving uh, soft mods, Night Brother doing stuff, Quill repairing things, um, and he's got three force anyway, so you know, he's generally a really, really strong piece. Um, and an I-5 can opt to stop and swivel with full knowledge, basically, of board state. Um, and then you've got a bunch of stuff zipping around that's not really worth the effort to try and kill it um, between those two Y-wings and Bosk in the, in the Z-95 that if they're flown vaguely well, then it's hard to get um, focused guns on them. Um, and we know that Dirge with proton cannons is just a really, really strong piece to bring into kind of bring into the scum that scrum at the turn after everything starts crashing into each other. Um and it can just lay its bullseyes across things and murder. Like it's good at murdering ties as well. Oh it's an interesting yeah. uh interaction there. So he's got Quill and yeah. he's got Lando Calorizian and Night Brother. So Night Brother, after you reveal a non blue maneuver, if you are stressed you may spend two charge to gain one focus or a token. Then uh, Quill is action. Roll one attack dice for each demo card you had, and then uh, basically repair one face-up ship for hits uh, of crit results, um, and then eyes gain focuses. But Lando, you can, after you roll dice, you may spend one green token to reroll up to two of your results. So that will work on Quill. Yeah. Um, but he won't have a green token. Yeah, he will. When he does Quill. Uh, yeah, you will. Why? Night Brother. No, because Night Brother's if you're stressed and you do a non-blue move, you can get a thing, so he'd be stressed, so he wouldn't be able to do Quill. Uh, unless he's got okay. a way to do, unless he's got a way to do actions while stressed, which no, I maybe not. He has. Um, there's probably something there, like with Quill. Oh, yeah, I was just trying but... to work out if he had a way because because Maul can coordinate. I was trying to yeah. see if there's a way of coordinating Maul or getting Maul to do get green mm. tokens and stuff. But I don't. I, maybe maybe I there don't. isn't. Then I, I I thought that was the trick. Unless he thought that was the trick himself, and then realised it didn't work. I don't know. <laughs> oh no, I can't. I can't. I don't have chopper or contraband cybernetics. I don't have enough points. It it looks like a build that if you put contraband cybernetics in it, you could do that thing once, mm. um, and it would be like a a surprise thing. But yeah. Um, so, um, so well done to Michael for being top scum. And then top of the separatists was Tom Veal, one of the um, team Tom from Yorkshire, um, along with Tom Reed and Tom Candlin and some other people not called Tom, um, Kester and Dan. <laughs> so, um, Tom was flying dirge in a road class starfighter, um, with proton cannons and other stuff. Um, Zam Wessel with a fire spray. Uh, Gauntlet with Pre Vizsla and a Vulture class droid DFS 81. Um, so I know Tom's been flying this for a while um, and getting some decent results with it. Um, didn't probably have his best performance this weekend. 
Um, but, you know, again, team event, we don't know why, because um, kind of pre-Vizsla, he's always talking about it being, you know, big obvious shoot me thing that's actually really hard to kill. Um, while Zam is the, you know, picking the right thing to be double tapping. Um, yeah, anyway. Interesting stuff. Um, so those are the lists. Um, I just briefly want to give a little shout out to Fabi, um, everybody's favourite Swiss, possibly team captain. I don't know if he was the team captain for Team Switzerland. Um, he has done Swiss in the past. Bond villain. Yeah, best, best Bond villain voice in the whole of X-Wing. <laughs> um, so Fabi flew, um, he, he flew Empire. Empire. He flew Empire. Um, he flew Juno what Eclipse. My boy. He, he flew Juno Eclipse, three bombers, um, a, a TIE fighter, and a, and a couple of TIE fighters. Um, and he went 0-10. Um, in, so... in fairness, he didn't go 0-10 fully himself. So he did have to pop out for an emergency dental appointment for a game or two, I think. Uh, oh, okay. so, that, so there was a substitute, but uh, I think he absolutely uh, probably had a hand in the majority of it. But um, he played Dom twice, and from what I could hear from their table, they had a cracking time. Um, you know, so much, so much, so it was quite hard to try and concentrate on our game at some points. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what Fabi was shouting, but he was laughing a lot whilst he was saying it. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those players that everybody that ever has played against him in anything just says, you know, if you play against him, you have a great time. Um, so yeah, it's good good to see him back actually playing as well. So um, so well done to uh, to everybody who topped the factions. Well done to everybody who did well in the event. Um, I mean, it was a very very strong room. Like I'm just looking down kind of the bottom half of the individual player scores. And again, you know, caveat on everything here is that um, this was cu- um, curated pairings. So, you know, you might have a very, very strong player that somebody has been paired in, you know, you've paired into somebody thinking they might be able to sneak you a win and they've not been able to, you know, yeah, that's a bad matchup, but we think you're a stronger player than that opponent. So, you know, we think, hope you you can sneak us a cheeky one. So it's all all the tactics of team play. Um, But once again, congratulations to Team Scotland for getting the tactics right um, and for executing um, on things and especially to um, to Ertzi for kind of 10 and a win uh, and again to Jonathan for nine and one because um, those are the kind of innings on which great performances are built so well done lads um right um oh we've had a message from Liam uh and he's oh he just wants to know if we can send him a full-size image of uh, the picture of him um basically lying on the floor outside Belgium so I mean yeah uh like, I don't know what else really to talk about, the, the well, X-Wing Team Championship. Tim, so, have you got anything else you wanted to chat about it? Yeah, so, uh, well, firstly, I've, I've said it already, but uh, huge thanks to Toby and Liam for running things. Um, very smooth, and um, there were a few problems with the event, shall we say, that the players were quite happy to work around. Um, so we got some very nice 3 by 3 vinyl maps they all printed for the tournament, um, but as we know, vinyl mats do come with a few problems, such as uh, ships and tokens sliding around a bit, 
Um, I know when I lent on the mat, it stuck to the under uh, underside of my arm a couple of times. But you know, we all worked through that. Like uh, I think the French team may have had like neoprene mats they put they brought with them and stuff. But you know, we have sort of fed back some bits, and I know Toby's gonna be collecting some of the feedback as well. Uh, little things like maybe just getting loads of three by three boards uh, because um, the mats were over like two trestles. Um, and so, and, and these were like slightly bashed up wooden trestles. So there was a definite ridge in between that sort of ran sort of horizontally down, down the middle of the board. So that did make it awkward when every scenario we have has an objective in the center, for example. Um, so there's definitely some improvements in, in, in that respect. Um, and obviously, you know, the, the support we got from, uh, Neil Kerr, Tom Adriani, uh, PFO, and the rest of the sort of the chairman and the organizers behind running the event, um, was, was great. Um, it's great setup. Um, yeah, and hopefully it'll be there for the next couple of years and hopefully it'll grow a bit more, um, next couple of years. But it was great just seeing everybody as well. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that came over the SIF Taker Open, people I've met at Worlds or played online. Um, and it was just nice to sort of catch up with people, um, either in the evenings or, you know, in between games and, and sort of, yeah, very, very, uh, sort of good social, but competitive event. Yeah. I have to admit that when I saw the pictures coming through, I took an absolute fit of the FOMOs, like, um, because (laughs) this was the event that I was going to be going to it but then i got worlds and i was like i'm not gonna go to that because i've got worlds um and then like it's it's made me really want to go and do kind of events like that um it looked like you know there was that whole kind of i saw the messages in the xtc um server with you know post post event people going oh we're in such and such a bar is anybody coming and then like four of the teams would all descend on the same place and everybody was like just sitting and chatting and you know messing about and having a good time um then it was ollie's pocknell's birthday so he was thoroughly embarrassed um by people um and then of course liam did a usual liam thing of forgetting that there's a point where you were allowed to say i don't want any more alcohol and ended up lying basically i think in a street somewhere the next day because he was too hung over to walk or something um he just needed if- everyone to know that he was english yeah I, di- I i did look at the picture when pictures of him when i saw it and i just thought just live in the stereotype man crack on and <laughs> like go for it um it was like it was like friday night in romford town center it was brilliant um uh, so i will say like uh so for us our hotel was like a 15 minute walk from the venue and then the other side was like 15 minute walk to all the bars and restaurants so it was great for us but liam was staying a bit further out in the hotel they book um but there were all these electric scooters you can uh basically just rent and uh one evening i think it was the saturday evening we went hunting for food and we found this uh lebanese tapas uh restaurant which was fantastic the food was awesome and whilst we're eating, there was just this sort of scream just getting louder and louder and louder. And it was just Liam on a scooter just comes hurtling past and does like a loop and then comes back. And yeah, he, he had a whale of a time. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if uh, perhaps he should have been on the scooter in some of the states. But yeah, yeah. He, he survived the weekend. And that's the most important thing. It's only illegal if you get caught. Thanks to Toby, he survived the weekend. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and it was yeah, it was it was good fun, and so and I, certainly from like the way that we did with the English team as well, in in, in a way, and and the kind of the format of this event is that because we're not nation locked, 
we we did want to see how many people would want to come over because there's always you know the XTC interest at times can see there'd be more players than you know there are playing spots um so that, i think there was 15 people i wasn't actually meant to be going to this event initially um but dale unfortunately had a job that he had to go and do so uh, i uh, stepped into uh, players day for the weekend um but yeah it's um you know if if you're interested in team events and certainly like european team events uh, you don't need you know to be part of a nation you can go as your club you can you know sort of you know sort of group of friends or people you know and sort of uh, get together and i think they already know the dates for next year so uh, you know we can probably get that information out there yeah i know there was um was it one of the dutch teams um weren't able to get a fifth player or a fifth player dropped out yeah. um, quite late. And uh, I think it was a Colombian lad who nope. was there for something else. No, uh, Fernando uh, for Mexico. There you go. Fernando. Because I, I, I played him round one and I didn't realise he was the stand-in until about halfway through the game uh, when I suddenly, yeah. suddenly realised because um, uh, that was his first game with FO which was uh, a painful experience, unfortunately. Yeah. We were like that. Fernando, my friend, thank you very much, but I'm going to come here and do rude things to you. Yeah, it was... Uh, well, it was, not, it was not just that as well. It was uh, one of those games where you just call your opponent's move perfectly, and yeah. I just got... Uh, I don't, you didn't expect Click to go barreling in to block Malarus in midnight and... That meant Malarus didn't get her target lock for her cluster missiles and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it, you know, it was a, it, again, you know, all my games were fantastic. You know, it's very, really sporting over the weekend, win or lose. Um, and even though a few people were on the receiving end of some of my uh, Republic. Hey, hey. Um, yes. Excuse uh, me. You're yeah. gonna have to beat yourself there, Tim. I, I know, but I thought I thought it was worth it because um, worth it. I, 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 yeah, I did. I did some very bad things uh, with my list over the weekend. Uh, I mean, I, I have just realised, and just talking about the level of play um, at the event, that we talked about the fact that um, the Tartan Tuscans went eight one one, and that the Iberian Mudhorns went six and three, um, or six and four, and Team France one went six and four. Um, there was then one other team went six and four, which is Team France two. And then one, two, three, four, five, four teams went five and five, went dead even. Then two teams went four and six. And then one team was three and seven, one team was two and eight. Um, so we went four. Like, we went it's really four. balanced though, right? It's yeah. really balanced. We went four and six. We lost so many rounds, two, three, because one game was like, you know, the pivotal game. Um, yeah. But we beat Spain. We beat France too. Uh, so like you know that's second and fourth place teams so like a couple of our wins were against top teams and this is this often happens in these sort of events especially when you end up playing like 10 other teams at the event is you you end up taking wins off each other so like Canada at last year's XTC going unbeaten in the finals was actually a rarity Um, and yeah you do find that teams sort of um, you know lose lose games or take games off each other um, so yeah, there's yeah an awful lot of five fives, four sixes, six four that sort of chunk, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, Liam's joined us. He's on mute at the moment. Can he find yeah. the mute button? Oh, he can. How are you feeling, Liam? Uh, are you alive okay. yet? I I am alive. I have oh. uh, on a technicality. <laughs> yeah, oh, I was walking. 
I was a walking corpse on Sunday. <laughs> and I'm using the term walking loosely. If anybody <laughs> thinks it's hard to run an X-Wing event, it's not. You can do it while basically unable to function as a human. It's all good. Get someone else to do it for him. <laughs> I think we can see from some of the images, I did it asleep, lying down on a concrete floor. <laughs> Outside the venue. Yep. <laughs> yep. Nice. <laughs> while, Toby, while Toby gets, having done all the hard work, then gets cut out of the edge of the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, oh, I got I got someone to take the photos for us, but there was uh, I I'm, I can't remember the, the lady's name that was with the Scottish team, but it was like a I'm not sure if she was a professional photographer, um, but she has taken uh, she has taken a much better picture. Uh, so Tim, Tim you, you missed that one from Ben. No, I, I was just ignoring him, uh, and so I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll just edit it out. Um, oh. But yeah, it was. Um, so there's a much better picture which will go up. But I did, uh, I did warn Toby that he was just an arm in the photo that was taken on my phone. Oh, um, Liam, how was the event from your perspective, from what you can remember? Other than you know, you had a good time and got drunk a bit. Uh, honestly, it went a lot smoother than I was expecting because I knew I was at the helm, but. I know having Toby there with me, we could lean on each other in the right places. It went so we had a good warm up with the singles, mm-hmm. uh, being because only 10 people turned up, which is a shame. But there's a few issues in the background that have come to light for us that we will be changing next year if we're allowed back. Mm-hmm. Toby will be, not too <laughs> sure about me. Um, I mean, it, it has to be said that they did post up like about six weeks before the event, uh, help, we don't have a TO for X-Wing because of a reason, because of real life reason our, our judge can't make. I think Pifo got injured and wasn't able to travel and then his work got mental as well. Um, and so basically they needed somebody to step in and run X-Wing and you and Toby kind of put your hands up and said, yeah, you know, we'll come over and do it free that weekend. Why not? Um, so, you know respect to you and Toby both for for doing that and the fact that you're both considering going back next year you know you always need somebody who's willing to work these things to let them happen you know to go to go so that other people can have fun and that's why you know Chris Mitchell and his team at the UK Games Expo and, and games like that have got such respect from the community because you know three or four times a year they burn their wife points to go away and not play X Wing um but to watch other people doing it so it's like right okay um so yeah anyway what were you saying carry on liam so yeah it's we only had 10 people so it was a good warm-up and we can kind of find what we were both doing well and what both of us didn't really enjoy doing Mm. um toby was unfortunate enough to be the only one out of the two of us to have access to the long shanks. He couldn't figure out how to add me and it was useless me trying. So he had all of the long shanks power while we were just running from table to table doing judge calls and everything. But I think we're incredibly lucky as a community to be in a game where everyone knows how the rules work and we're very respectful of each other and you know, we can govern ourselves. We don't need a dedicated referee per game. It's not football. Yeah. We kind of off, we work off a a fair play vibe. So we didn't have a lot to do. It was mainly arc checks. Yeah. 
I mean, with rules checks as well, you'll often get people asking the people at the tables near them who are in like a not in an intense moment, like because it's normally a validation of an interaction. Like, you know, somebody will say, "Oh," and then I can I can remove zero jam tokens and get three focuses, and and the opponent will go, "Well, that seems like it's busted. I don't think that's true." And the person will stand up and go to the person next to them and say, you know that interaction with Whirlwind where he can get rid of jam tokens and get focuses and he can remove zero jam tokens, can't he? And the person next to him go, yeah, it's in the FAQ. Yeah, it's a bit busted, but yeah. And the other person go, oh, grumble. Um, <laughs> I think it happened at the STO that um, I think Chris Jesperson was using that and one of his opponents on one of the days was like kind of thought that Chris was trying to pull the wool over his eyes. And they, so they called me over as judge and went, you know, is is this is this true? That seems rubbish. You know, they were using slightly stronger language. I don't want to make him come and beep something else out um, about it. And I was just like, yeah, it, you might disagree with it, but AMG have decided that that's how it works. So that way it works. Like, I'm not overruling it because I don't believe that zero should be a valid number of jam tokens to remove to get the the benefit of the of the effect. That's the ruling. Um, so yeah. Um, but yeah, you get you get that helpful stuff, don't you, with the um, with like the community as well. And like even arc checks tend to be very kind of they only call you in for the the really, really, really close ones. Like I'm going to disagree with that one. Oh, did you? Did you get some really stupid ones that were so obvious it was hilarious? They were like, "Is this obstructed?" And I was like, "There's no way this isn't obstructed. Do you want me to measure it and prove it?" And they went, uh, yes. And I was like, I'm moving three ships just to prove that this is obstructed. Are you sure you want me to carry on? And one person went, yeah, go on. I removed one ship because it was a, a cluster F-bomb there. Yeah. And they went, actually, no, you're good. So I had to put that one back. I had someone doubt one of my calls. And then when I started to measure it all out, they were like, no, no, it's not worth the effort. Don't worry. And then I was like, no, I've started, so I'm going to finish. You've done this to yourself. You've done this to me. <laughs> you better hope I'm wrong. Yeah, and I was I had, right. I had one player who kind of, I, they said, is this a range one? And it was one of those ones where you've got a really weird angle. And it's like, it's definitely in arc, but is it range one in arc or is it range two? And it was literally like a fraction of a hair because you're meant to measure range from the edge of the cardboard, not the plastic. So you're like trying to figure out if... You've got it in line, and I can see why judges now get those slightly elongated range rulers that have got like a centimeter of of like kind of additional plastic so that you can make sure it's on the line and you can get it exactly. But um, and I was like, I called it one way, and the player just went, "I don't believe that it that 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 is accurate," and I would like you to check it again, and I checked it again, and I was like, I really can't make a decision one way or the other. Um, and then I checked it and checked it and checked it and then spent longer than I should have done. And in the end, I ended up reverting back to that the person who'd queried was right. Um, but then I thought I shouldn't have changed my mind. I should have just stuck to my guns. But it was one of those ones where you're just kind of like, oh, this is like literally a fraction of a hair in it. And neither of the players was going to be happy whichever way the ruling went. Um, but, you know, you do get players who sometimes query stuff, don't you? Um, yeah, there was... There was a few instances where something happened that was not really a known quantity in regards to the rules. 
So because we know the players just want to enjoy themselves, we'd go, okay, then, so this is what you're saying. This is what you're saying. This is how I feel about it. I'll get Toby across, so Toby come across, and then we'd offer a resolution that kind of seemed best for both parties. So we'll go by this bit for this, but from now on, we've got a president set that will run by X. And they were like, yeah, that's fine. Or if we need to roll something back. But I think everyone knew the type of person that I am and that I don't want to deal with BS. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be very open with how I want things done and don't waste my time. Yeah. I mean, there, there's there's some, like, it's it's hard, I guess, because there's some rules interactions where if you think about it logically and you think about what you think is probably intended, then you end up actually wrong. Um because the you know you say well that doesn't seem like it should be right but it is um so it's like um oh, i can't remember if i think of a good example it was like the tycho composure well if it works for tycho it should work for Derek clivian but it doesn't because of the way that all of the interactions work it doesn't work for him but it works for tycho because of rules and the way that things resolve in order but when you look at it logically, you think, well, if that works, that other thing should work. Neither of them work now because they never, com- never um, whatever it's called, composure. But um, yeah, it's it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, and yeah, I mean, ultimately, as long as everybody's there to have fun and everybody is enjoying themselves, it's good. So, um, so would you go to Melchin or Melkian or whatever, however you pronounce it again, Liam? Did you have a good time? All, all told, Michelin man. Yeah. I had a great time. It's the first time I've got on an e-scooter to navigate a city. We heard we heard a little bit about this before you joined. What the e-scooter also no. my antics post e-scooter? Well, we've not talked much about your antics because we didn't want to do it when you weren't here to defend yourself, and we also don't know which of your antics you want to talk about on a recorded format. Um, but I have no know. secrets. Okay, so if you were in the UK, you'd been breaking the law with a couple of your trips on the e-scooter. <laughs> um, due to being drunk, drunk in charge of a powered vehicle uh, <laughs> oh 100% I was not going in a straight line I almost hit a parked car I don't think it even has to be a powered vehicle you're not supposed to ride no, a bike if you're drunk that's, that's true that's true it is powered technically it's pedal powered but yeah no you are right and in it fairness a, a lot of the roads also it wasn't tarmac it was all like bricks and cobbles and, and stuff so <sighs> wow. yeah added, added so, uh, jeopardy Going down this one road because these guys were at a Lebanese restaurant, mm-hmm. and I'd just got back from the venue. I was already half cut. I was like, "It's a fifteen-minute walk. I can't be bothered with that. I'll get on an e-scooter." But it's all cobbled roads. So as I was going, I went going down this tarmac, having a lovely time. I was like, "This is a really smooth road." And then I came onto the road that they these guys were on. And I think I gave my body a five-minute MOT as it just shook vigorously. <laughs> At one point, I'm pretty sure I'd lost any ability to breathe. <laughs> then I saw them. Someone threw the hand up, and I, I just drove at them, screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and then just doing laps around them. Oh, I, I was loving life. Oh, oh definitely worth the four euros or whatever it cost you to hire it for that trip no we top it up for 10 euros and you use it as just like fuel (laughs) if you don't use your 10 euros you just abandon it in one of the designated zones you go right then i'll come back to one of these tomorrow 
but it's such a good way to get around. We could get to the venue. It was a half an hour walk from the staff hotel. Mm-hmm. It was 10 minutes on one of these. I was hitting 24 kilometers an hour. <laughs> oh, sounds good. Sounds like it's a good fun, good fun times. Yeah. Have to admit, have to admit. I said, I said before you joined, I got serious FOMO with all the pictures and everything and watching the results trickling in and I was just like oh so it's actually got my uh, it's got I'd, I'd lost my enthusiasm for the XTC um I will admit but it's got my energy back up again so uh, I might have to sack off one of the players because I've put myself in as a non-playing captain I might have to might have to fire somebody <laughs> call them call them into the manager's office for a difficult conversation let them know they're, they're being removed from the academy they're going to be sold Sorry, to Chelsea Tommy. He's not in the team this year because we've got too many Irish people. We're genu- genuinely, genuinely looking at whether in next year or maybe the year after we would actually want to split back out to the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland again because um, we, we merged because we didn't have enough people um, to make uh, a full team um, and for either of them. So we merged. But now we've got, um, I think, six Northern Irish people and four people from the Republic of Ireland um, who would be willing to play. But um, it's interesting. It's good, right? Um, have we had any store championships this, or have we just not bothered checking? There's been some in America, and some people have won, probably using the same three lists. Is that the easiest way to say it? I What's think so. Probably something. Uh, I'm not going to disagree. Before we move fully away from Belgium, can I make uh-huh. a service announcement that people need to be very careful of? Go on, make drink and drive. No, no, that's fine. Okay, it makes drinking uh, more fun. I it? mean, it's it's not, but you know. I mean, let, it, let, 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 let's let, let's let, let's not say that drinking and driving is fine because it's very much not. Um, no, we just said it was fun. <laughs> being a little being a little bit tipsy on an e-scooter in Belgium, fine. I'm drinking and driving, not fine. Um, it's okay right. as long as you still take your whiskey in your car with you. Right, carry on, Liam. Before right, okay. Ben, before Ben gets us taken off the internet. <laughs> so, in my naivety, I drank the same way I would drink in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> is this is this a Belgian beer is strong story, Liam? It is a Belgian beer is strong. And I don't remember a lot of what happened, but I remember some very key points which highlight how important it is to moderate your intake. Will you learn the lesson and moderate your intake? 100%. So you've seen the state I've turned up to, the STO. Uh I remember everything, or at least 95% of it. I don't remember leaving the club. This is in Belgium. I don't remember leaving the club. I don't remember the walk back, which I allegedly did. I don't remember most of sitting in the hotel lobby where apparently I was trying to sober myself up with more beer and water. (laughs) Was you trying to sober yourself up to get to your room? (laughs) I got to my room eventually. that's amazing. (laughs) So the next thing I remember is showing someone an Instagram of my dog. (laughs) And then... Everything after that went black. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There's no one I ever taught you about up. a tactical chunder. I'm not about that life. <laughs> what I do remember is waking up on the right floor outside a mystery room in just my boxers. 
<laughs> I'd lost my phone, my wallet, my passport, my clothes, my only pair of shoes. I was confused. I went down to the lobby in just my kegs, got a code <laughs> to get into my room, which they were very, very wary of giving me. Because why would you give it to a random drunk man who's not bad. very stressed? <laughs> I climbed into bed. And then the next morning I woke up going, oh God, I have got nothing. I've got the clothes that are in my bag and that's it. I go downstairs in my socks, a pair of cargo trousers and a t-shirt looking like death because I'd slept for like two hours and I was still very much intoxicated. And the organizer of the WTC looked to me and went, Liam, have you left some stuff downstairs? And I was like, I've left some stuff. I don't know where I left it. And apparently all of my clothing items were found abandoned in the lift. <laughs> right. These are these are the kinds of things that I used to do when I was, you know, in my twenties. Yeah, You're not well, in I'm your twenties anymore, Liam. No, but I'm still a mess. Well, I'm glad that you're still, you know, functional and that you made I'm it. Not like, I'm, people are like, oh my God, Liam, are you sure you're okay? But I knew I was in a hotel full of people I worked with for the weekend. Uh-huh. And everyone knew I was drinking. But 12 or 3 glasses of Belgian beer is not the same as 12 or 13 pow- uh, pints of anything you can get in the UK. See... To me, that number is absurd. And I know people say, oh, I had a 13-pint night or whatever. And I'm just like, after four, I'm a bit drunk. And then I slow right down and I maintain that level for the rest of the night by topping up a little bit. But people like will drink four in a, in a, like an hour and then keep drinking four in an hour for like another couple of hours and then they'll slow down after the, that the big and issue, it just doesn't compute for me the big issue with the, the Belgian beer is that it was pretty much a half pint but 9% yeah <laughs> oh I've drunk it no I've no so so, so, that, so that was it yeah. and you didn't really taste the 9% you drink no, it's quicker as well don't you yeah, so, it was so yeah. smooth it tasted nice it was really really moorish evidently you usually drink Stella anything will taste nice to you <laughs> so Belgian beer is nice all right we're, we're not we're not here for um uh, middle-aged men regret their life choices with regards I didn't alcohol. regret anything <laughs> <laughs> don't but put those that's, words that's, in my mouth that's that's not the podcast that we're here for but um <laughs> it was uh it was it was I'm, I'm glad that you made it back to your home country with all of the things that you left with intact mostly. I'm disappointed that nobody got a video or pictures of you wandering around in your underpants not really knowing what was going on. Ben, I was so drunk but I was not stupid. I was have you ever played Metal Gear Solid? (laughs) Yes. Have you ever played Metal Gear? I fully took on liquid oh not liquid say solid snake. (laughs) Did you have a box over your head? No, but I was hugging walls, peeking around corners. If they went over the CCTV footage, they could write a film about this. I felt like I was running around for about an hour, which probably lasted about 30 seconds, but no. What's the, was... What is the movie? Is it um, oh, is it Dazed and Confused or something? Oh, The Hangover is another one. Um, basically, they, they, they've, made that, yeah, they've made that movie already, haven't they? Um, 
So, well, anyway, um, I think we've probably chatted on for long enough about Liam's drunken antics and the ETC. We've we'll we'll have a look UTC. back over any WTC. ETC is a different company. I'm confused now. Right, if I we've been calling it the ETC the whole way through, but you just showboat in at the last. Make make this into a, a middle aged man lifestyle podcast, and then and then correct <laughs> us at the very end. It's all good. Um, at least we got corrected. <laughs> It'd be even worse if we didn't get corrected. Fair enough. Um, we're going to be back next week talking about hopefully um, some more of the store championships and stuff that have happened, um, and a little bit more. Um, I think conversation about. Um, strategies and tactics and that sort of thing because i've realized with some reflection about a part of my game that i find is weaker and where i'm losing games at the moment where maybe i shouldn't um so i'm gonna see if the lads have got any suggestions or ideas for me um as ever if you've got any questions ideas or concepts or things to talk about like we had steve on last week um then you know give us a shout um and you know we can get you on to talk through it because, um, you know, we love to have guests on to talk about stuff, to, to have a different voice that's not mine, Ben's, Liam's and Tim's um, chatting on every so often. So um, that said, I don't currently have any shout outs um, other than the normal kind of everyone who's listening. Thanks very much. Um, Liam, you've just arrived. Do you want to do a shout out to Borden Brum? <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to shout out Borden Brum. But I want to shout out every person working for the WTC. I'm not going to go through names because that will take me ages and I've forgotten a lot of them. But as a community, they make everyone feel welcome. They want everyone to have a good time. And I will reiterate the things they've said to me and I'll say them to you. They want X-Wing to thrive. They want to do everything they can to make X-Wing feel like a staple of the WTC, not a bolt-on. So they're always looking at ways to improve. Uh, if there are any people that were there that have any feedback, send it to me and I will feed it back to them, as, uh, which is I've already got a few things on my list. But we want I personally want to take the 10 people that turned up to the singles to minimum 30, and I want to take the teams from 12 to 24. So I implore everyone to really look at making this trip it was fairly cheap when I was looking at it as a, a potential player. And there's lots of places to go. The food there is great. The beer is very drinkable. Uh, but yeah, you'll have a good time. You get to play some X-Wing in what I felt was a fairly chilled out yet competitive room. Like yeah. everyone was there to have fun, but also do well. And neither kind of swayed the other. So it was a nice balance. And that's the kind of environment I wanted to create. And I'm going to shout out to Toby, who didn't think I was going to turn up at all on the Sunday. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, uh, Tim, have you any shout outs on the topic? Uh, yeah, obviously. I mean, I, I've already shouted out Liam, and I'm not going to say it again now that he's here. Uh, his, his head's big <laughs> enough. Uh, but obviously, uh, him and Toby and you know, everybody else involved in organising it. Um, yeah, all all my opponents, but um, I think especially like Andy Cameron, uh, Marcus, Ollie, and um, 
Don Flanagan was a great uh, group to hang around with and play games with over the weekend, so thanks to them. And anybody that comes up to any of us at any point and says, oh, listen to the podcast, thanks very much. Like We hugely appreciate knowing that people actually listen to and enjoy what we do, um, even if it's like hits and misses, the fact that you come up and say, oh, I was listening and enjoyed it, it's really good. Um, ben, have you got any shout-outs? No. I, I want to ask you a question because people keep asking on Discord, which you know you're not mate. looking at at the moment. When's the league going to start again on X, uh, on uh, TTS? Everything right. up in the air with me at the moment because I still haven't got an actual moving date. Okay, so there so you I, go. I can't, I can't fully commit to anything. Um, it's all right. For a while. We can just say it's not going to be for a bit and that's yeah. nice and easy so um cool all right uh well all that said then thank you very much everyone for joining me and i'll say goodbye from ben bye-bye goodbye from liam toodles bye from tim goodbye how about for me bye-bye hiya bobby hi Kim. you want to go for a ride sure Kim. jump in i'm a bobby girl in the bobby world laughing plastic it's fantastic, you can brush my hair, undress me everywhere, imagination, life is your creation. Come on Barbie, let's go party. I'm a Barbie.